How do you use your current data? Did you know that it could help reduce costs and drive sales? Find out more in Season 2, Episode 2 on letstalksupplychain.com. When we speak with Chris Lee, he is the COO of Logistical Labs, and you're not going to want to miss this episode. So check it out. Welcome to Let's Talk Supply Chain. My name is Sarah Barnes-Humphrey, and each week I bring you the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, new innovation, and most up-to-date information about supply chain. I believe that collaboration is the future of business, and I have designed this show to ensure you have all the information you need to succeed in business and in your supply chain. We could not bring this podcast to you without the support of our community, and that includes our sponsors. Border Buddy approached me to sponsor the podcast, and I thought it was a no-brainer because I love what they're doing and how they are disrupting the industry. Border Buddy is taking a modern, fresh approach to clearing goods. I have been in the industry for over 20 years. Guys, I've never seen anything like this before, and our industry is changing right before for our eyes. Border Buddy is who you will want on your side as they are forward thinking and do amazing things like integrate with your online platforms, including Shopify and eBay, and they can clear and help you import your personal shipments as well. Whether you are in the USA or Canada, Border Buddy is your only choice for a partner when you import to North America. Visit them at borderbuddy.com dot com for more information. So welcome back to all our Let's Talk listeners. I hope you're having a great week and I just want to let you know how much I appreciate you for tuning in each week and allowing me to do the two things that I love the most, podcasting and supply chain. Today, once again, we are honoring Women in Supply Chain. This is Women in Supply Chain Part 3 of our series and I am excited to introduce you to two powerhouse women in supply chain. Stacey Roth, founder of Women in Logistics, and Heather Gifford, Global Senior Logistics Program Manager at Uber. Stacey attributes much of her career success to the contacts and knowledge she gained through Women in Logistics. Her exciting career path has afforded her many opportunities to travel globally and work with many cultures while closing significant business opportunities for her employers employer. She has worked for the top logistics companies in the world, of which include her current employer, DSV Air and Sea. Previously, Stacy worked for APL, FedEx, and Panalpina. As founder of Women in Transportation, now Women in Logistics, Stacy remains committed to the original mission of the organization, which is to provide educational and networking opportunities for women in logistics industry. At the same time, she is proud of the diversity of, of WIL membership in the 21st century, with men representing 40 to 50 percent of their event attendees, a validation of the broad range of resources the group offers to all wishing to begin or develop careers in this exciting 
field. Heather brings over 11 years of experience in the global logistics industry, primarily as a service provider before joining Uber a year and a half ago to build a logistics program from the bottom up. Her undergraduate degree was in industrial engineering at the University of Florida, and later she earned an MBA from Penn State. She has spent the majority of her career in freight forwarding, logistics, and global trade compliance for Eagle Global Logistics, Siva Logistics, and Crane Worldwide Logistics. At these companies, Heather worked with a wide variety of clients from the medical, oil and gas, tech, and aviation industries. Heather has been fortunate in her career to work across multiple verticals and to be based in several regions, both domestically in the U.S., and internationally across Asia Pacific. Recently, she has been promoted to be the department head for the central logistics team, coordinating all of Uber's logistical requirements. Her team is based across the globe and manages company shipments into and out of over 50 countries. Wow, uh, what did I tell you? Two powerhouse women. Welcome to the show, Stacy and Heather. Thanks Thank you. for having us. Yeah, I'm so excited that you guys are here. Appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedules to be on Let's Talk Supply Chain. So let's get right into it. First, I want to know about women in logistics. Stacy, can you tell us about why you started it and what it's all about? Absolutely. Women in Logistics was started in the early 1980s, about 1981 to be specific. And it was due to a complete lack of resources for women that wanted to further their careers in the industry. There was, uh, at that point, there were no degree programs, and there was uh, very few opportunities for women beyond the clinical level. And, um, and most of the industry networking organizations were primarily social clubs, um, and there was a lot of drinking and things like that going on. And I wanted something professional. I wanted something where women could come together and learn from each other, network, and mentor each other, and say, hey, what's going on? What's, what's going right? What's going wrong? And what are your goals? And how do you plan to achieve them? In addition to that, we wanted to also approach the attendees with um, cutting-edge topics. What is creating change in our industry, and what are we going to do about it? There were new politics. There was no negativity. We did not plan to conquer the world, but we just simply wanted to educate each other, help each other, and mentor each other. And I'm really, really proud to say that this organization continues on that exact path. Organization put women in logistics on a really, really fast track. And um, the group is pretty big right now and one of the more successful nonprofits in the San Francisco area. I love it. What you guys are doing over there is amazing. I'm going to be giving um, our listeners, obviously, the domain uh, to go to, to check you guys out and learn a little bit more about it. But what you are doing, I just want to congratulate you because um, you started a long time ago. And this this was, at least before, a very male-dominated industry. It still continues to be a little bit. But in that time, you created a space for women to do what they wanted to do in supply chain. And I just want to congratulate you because I think that's absolutely amazing. So thank you, Stacey. 
Well, thank you very much. Uh, it's, um, it's a pleasure. I and nothing but benefit from this organization. And what's really important is that the organization is now benefiting both men and women. And um, it's really not so gender focused anymore. And we can go into that more later, I'm sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, Heather, we haven't forgotten about you. Um, I think most people have heard about Uber, but I'm more interested in your role. Um, you know, what was your career path to success? You know, how did you end up? I mean, we, we heard a little bit in your bio, but really, you know, how did you end up as the, the, the global senior logistics program manager? that I never thought I would be working in tech. It was not exactly the career path I had envisioned for myself. But when I, I went to university, I knew I wanted to go into a supply chain logistics career, following in my father's footsteps. It's an industry that I grew up in and loved. Uh, just what it is, how diverse it is. There's no industry that it doesn't touch, which is what really drew me to it, is I could make a decision about career path without actually making a decision. I, I know that sounds odd, but I didn't have to limit myself into one industry because it touches every industry. And so right after college, I joined Eagle Global Logistics, which uh, is one of, was one of the, the premier domestic and then international U.S.-based freight forwarding companies. And they had a leadership development program that really gave me an amazing foundation in what supply chain and logistics really is from working on a dock to doing milk runs around Minneapolis-St. Paul to doing local dispatch and dispatching the daily trucks to air export and air import, night shift, day shift, um, all the way through to customs brokerage, ocean rail, you name it, I, I got the experience in a fairly large branch of that organization and was able to then move into a global role as an air analyst and work with all of the gateways globally. So if you're familiar with air freight, I'm sure as most of you are, you can name all of the, the major airports around the world. And most of those are gateways to different regions, like the Amsterdam's and Singapore's and Houston's and Chicago's of the world. And so I really got a great understanding of air freight, import and export by doing that. And from there, I actually got recruited to be a logistics engineer where I got to go out to work with companies like Purina and design supply chain solutions for their distribution networks. Tell them where their distribution hubs should be to optimize spend cost and speed to market. And really use my industrial degree, which then prompted a move to Asia where I got to be a project manager, which if you get a chance to work overseas, I highly encourage it. There is nothing like learning about the global world than living, breathing, and working in it. It's a phenomenal experience. And I, I really do think it helped propel my career forward in a way that it wouldn't have necessarily if I hadn't gotten such a deep international experience by living and working overseas. Um, I, when I came home, I took over a project management office at Crane Worldwide and an internship program and leveraged that into becoming a, a branch manager, operations manager in San Francisco. And that's actually how Uber found me, is I was running the San Francisco branch for Crane Worldwide. And a recruiter reached out to me asking me if I was interested in Uber. 
And my first response was, thanks, but no thanks. I have no idea what Uber would ship, which I'm sure is a standard response for most people. But the recruiter was pretty persistent and ended up convincing me to go ahead and apply for the role, go through the exercise, and eventually get the opportunity to work at an incredible company like Uber doing so many phenomenal things. But it it really was the fact that I had such a diverse background in the industry that excited the recruiter and and allowed me the opportunity to to work for a company as amazing as Uber. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that sounds... It sounds amazing. And I don't really think that especially women have a lot of idea on how much opportunity there is on a global scale. I mean, you talk about, you know, being able to move over to Asia and really experience, you know, global trade from a different aspect. And I think it's important for women to realize the opportunities that are out there within logistics, within supply chain, you know, and now with tech sort of emerging into the space, you know, there's so many different different things that they can take a look at within supply chain that they can do in their career. And that logistics engineer, I have never heard that term before, but I love it. I think that, you know, there's a lot of moving facets. Supply chain is very complex and logistics engineer really really just sort of encompasses, you know, what supply chain solutions really is and what it means. It really is a, a unique role. A lot of the 3PLs are moving towards that if they do the contract logistics side of it. And it really is designing how the distribution should look. It's pretty prevalent when you think about it, especially in EMEA or with larger companies that have complex distribution models. So take a a tire company. How do they get their tires to every dealership, to every Walmart or every distributor that actually sells them? Because you don't really buy your Pirelli tires from Pirelli. You buy them from someone else. So how do they keep those dealers and those auto body shops and everybody stocked with tires? And how do they make sure that they do it to the scale that it needs to be done. And that's a complex problem that has a lot of moving parts and can have a lot of cost if not done correctly. And that's really where the logistics engineer came in. It's an optimization exercise, which for the industrial engineers out there is kind of the sweet spot of industrial engineering. And it's a super interesting challenge to get to work with varying companies to solve that kind of a logistical challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And with supply chain now being more prevalent at the boardroom level, um, because before it wasn't really at the boardroom level, we've only really seen that um, in the last, I guess, I don't know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe the last five, maybe 10 years, um, where it's becoming more and more important and um, to the company and the different aspects of the company. I think that's that's super, super important, a really good, really good point and um, a really good way of looking at it. So how do you both feel about being women in supply chain? And what challenges did you have to overcome to get to where you are today? Maybe we'll start with you, Stacey. Um, Sure. Well, um, I feel like every day brings a new challenge. And even though I've been in the business many years, there's not one day that ever goes by where I don't learn something completely fascinating and new and something I had never experienced before. And from that perspective, this industry is extremely dynamic and very, very exciting. And we try um, with our women in logistics organization 
to encourage people to pursue degrees. And so most people look at supply chain management as being kind of a a more blue-collar industry or uh, perhaps something that's not very glamorous. And in reality, it's extremely exciting. And as Heather just mentioned, about what goes into moving something from the point of raw material to the point where it's on the source shelf and you actually consume it and everything that happens in between. And supply chain management touches every single aspect of that move. And so um, I think it's a great work environment. I'm excited about it. And I do believe that um, people should pursue degrees in it. And so one of the things that we're doing, many of the things that we're doing um, within Women in Logistics is we're uh, reaching out to college campuses and we are um, going to uh, educate and mentor and continue to encourage people, not just women, but people in general to pursue, continue to pursue degrees in this wonderful dynamic industry. Absolutely. I think those are really, really great points. And I love what you guys are doing. How about you, Heather? What, how do you feel about being a woman in supply chain? What challenges have you sort of overcome? I, you talk about all the opportunities that you've had, but I just wonder if there's any challenges. There definitely are a lot of challenges. I, I would say I love it. It is extremely male dominated still. So I don't want people to, to get the impression that because Stacy and I, and there are a lot of very successful women in the industry, but I, I can tell you just from the roles I've been in the companies I've worked at, it's still pretty large gap between the number of men and the number of women, especially once you get into the leadership roles. Uh, I would say that that in and of itself is a bit of a challenge still just getting the diversity in the leadership in the supply chain logistics world. Um, and then I would say there's also, when you work on a global scale, it, there also are the challenges of just gender and gender norms in certain cultures and, and countries that can be challenging sometimes from a business perspective to overcome, especially in certain areas of the world where women are not necessarily given the same opportunities or education or considered equals in day-to-day -day life, let alone in business. For somebody like myself who's leading a global team to come in and negotiate and make the business deals, it, it is a bit of a challenge, but there are definitely ways to overcome it and to learn how to work within the cultural norms to still get the job done. Uh, I would also echo Stacey that it's very important to continue to mentor and and partner with universities and help raise awareness and also excitement about the, the industry as a whole. It's constantly changing. Uh, it's never the same at any company I've ever worked with day to day. It changes. The laws change about international trade on a very regular basis. In fact, you can guarantee like clockwork that just the classification of goods changes every six months in the U S and it, it's an interesting dynamic to have to work in because where something could be a rule or could be correct when you exported something, by the time it's re-imported or imported into another jurisdiction, that could no longer be the case. And so then you have to kind of deal with challenges like that that are interesting. And just the, the challenges of global trade in general keep you on your toes. 
it's an ever-changing political landscape and that affects our industry more than most people realize because sanctions are one of the big ways that the governments leverage each other and uh, punish each other essentially. And that does affect trade. And I think that that's one of the things that is often overlooked is there's a huge global political landscape that you have to navigate to do what we do. Yeah. And I think you both bring up some good points because some of the best qualities in women leaders is collaboration and keeping current and keeping on top of the industry. And so we're really, really, really good at that. And I think companies are starting to see that. I mean, there are only a couple of the the facets that obviously women in leadership are are good at. Um, But collaboration is definitely one of them. Um, And you both sort of touched on that in, in a couple of different ways. And I think it's really important in being a woman in supply chain and being a woman in leadership and, and really being able to bring something different to the table um, in such a male-dominated industry. So some women are saying that the glass ceiling has shattered and some say we aren't even close. Um, what do you guys think? Um, I'll take that one. Um, I think it's a heck of a lot better than it ever was before. And it's improving every year. Um, but in looking at the board of directors of the company I work for, um, there's two women on our board of directors. And I really think that's really awesome. Um, and you would not have seen that 20 years ago. Um, at the same time, at DSV, one of the things I look for when I look at a company um, such as my current employer, DSV, is how many women are in management roles? And um, and you look around, and there's there's a lot of women in branch manager level as well as country manager level within the company. But there's definitely room for improvement, and and it, that will continue to be prevalent. Um, but the best thing is the the thing to focus on, I think, in career development in terms of breaking the glass ceiling um, is to be good at what you do and to make sure that you are the best candidate for the job. And if you find yourself in a company or in a work environment where it's really repressive and you're unhappy, then leave, get out of it. Because there's lots of options out there and especially in this business. And so that is what I have done. If I've ever been in a uh, negative environment where I feel I'm stuck or whatever, I change. I make the change. I don't expect my employer to change. I, I make the change. And it could be in the form of becoming better uh, educated. It could be that I ask for a transfer to another department, or it could be that I leave the company and I go to another company. I have been very, very fortunate and the companies that I have chosen to work for, and I've been treated really well. And um, and so I encourage anybody that I'm mentoring to do the same. Yeah, that's a great point. And I love what you said, but because a lot of women, you know, you said, you know, being the best candidate and things like that. And a lot of women, you know, will sometimes take a look at the criteria of the upcoming job or, or maybe the opportunity and things like that and not feel like they have 100% abilities 
uh, within the criteria that's been listed for that job. But really believing in yourself and knowing that even if you're 70 to 80%, knowing that that last 20% is achievable and that you're going to work your butt off to make sure that you can cover that last 20%, go for it anyways. Yeah, I would, I would echo that for sure. I, I've never gone into a role thinking that I knew everything about the role. In fact, I, I typically go into a role going, I think I can do this. I'm pretty confident I've got this, but I know I've got a lot to learn. And I think that's one of the big things that having mentors myself has helped me always be very realistic about is when you are going for the next promotion or the next change, being very aware that you will not know everything to make that change. Otherwise, you would have already been doing that role. That you have to learn. There is a learning curve anytime you join a new a new role, a new position, a new company. And that as long as you have a solid base and you're, like you said, about 70% of the way there, you can overcome that 30%. And in fact, you will overcome that 30% and continue to grow until you're 70% ready for your next role. And you just have to keep pushing that bar though. And I think having mentors who can help coach you once you hit that 70% and how to be ready for the 30% that you're not quite there yet so that you can take on the next challenge is, is really critical to anyone's success. Yeah, I love that. I love that what you're saying. And then I also wanted to mention you were talking about in the last um, sort of the last question about, you know, partnering with universities or getting to know universities. There's a lot of great organizations out there, um, not only for women, but also men in supply chain. I mean, just a handful of them. I mean, you know, obviously women in logistics for sure. Um, but there's SIG, you know, for procurement. There's um, the Forum for International Trade Training. There's Women in Trucking. Um, we had uh, Ellen on, you know, in part one of the series. Uh, there's CITT, CSCMP, like tons of really, really good organizations um, that aren't necessarily, you know, that might be tied to the universities or the colleges and things like that, but really great resources for people to check out um, as they grow in their roles. Um, really good resources. They pump out so much great content and value. So you definitely want to take take, um, you know, an opportunity there and, and take a look at what they have. So Heather, I just want to ask you, so you're a supply chain professional, you're working in a tech company, uh, both male dominated industries, you know, what advice would you give to young women getting in supply chain and supply chain tech? Because I mean, realistically, it's a thing now, right? Supply chain tech, um, where it wasn't, you know, really a thing a, a few years ago. So yeah, what type of advice would you give them uh, looking to get into either side? I think the first thing I would say is be uh, become comfortable in uncomfortable situations and uncomfortable situations, right? Be comfortable when you only have 40% of the information you need to make a decision and being able to make that decision. Mm -hmm. One of the challenges in both industries is that there is a lot of unknowns that you can only mitigate up to a point. And then you have to be very good at reacting and solving in real, real time, right? Especially on the supply chain side, things go wrong. Trucks burn boats sink or containers fall off ships or uh, you know manufacturing lines go down because of natural disasters. There are so many uncontrollables in what we do just in the supply chain logistics side of things 
that you have to be prepared for that. And working for a tech company that is on the cutting edge, you have to understand that they will not be able to give you all of the information you really want in order to you know, make concrete decisions or concrete forecasts or concrete anything. You're going to have to work with ambiguity and you're going to have to be comfortable with that. And that is a huge learning curve for both men and women. And I've experienced that a lot, that that is the biggest stumbling block for most people that come into these industries is the unknown and being comfortable with it. Yeah. And I think that's the same thing in every industry or for for everybody, really. You know what I mean? The key to success is kind of these days, especially being comfortable being uncomfortable because um, there's a lot of unknowns out there. There's a lot of disruption going on, a lot of innovation. You know, people are trailblazing in different industries. And I think it's, it's definitely a key to success um, in this sort of day and age. But you bring up a really good point. I mean, coming from a freight background myself, you know, and Stacy even mentioned this before, you know, there's different things that come up every single day. And I think one thing that comes out of logistics whether you're a woman or, or, or a male, you know, is that problem solving skill, you know, and, and also multitasking because I find in this industry, you know, problem solving is a key skill and so is multitasking. Um, and I think, I think it's an important point to make. Stacey, did you want to, did you want to provide some, some advice maybe to young women getting in supply chain from a woman in logistics perspective? Um, yeah, sure. Um, what I wanted to say is that I think the future for women in uh, the field of logistics, I, I, I have to say my hat's off to Heather. I think Heather has done so many things right. And, um, and she's uh, educated herself and she's also taken advantage of wonderful career opportunities and she's also been in negative situations and gotten herself out of those negative situations and come out, you know, just, um, a hero. And so, um, from that perspective, you know, I, I mean, and I really feel that, um, that if you were to emulate, um, the career path that she laid out for herself, it's, it's really awesome. Um, when, you know, when we look at the future for uh, women in the business, though, um, the goal is that we need to continue to evolve. We need to continue to be relevant in this changing world and to be a resource through our educational seminars, networking opportunities, job bank and mentoring programs. Um, many of the people on the board of Women in Logistics are industry veterans like myself. But we're inspired by our younger colleagues that are coming up. And we're given more and more opportunities to speak at the universities. And this is just um, a really great opportunity. Uh, Heather and I were on a panel uh, not long ago where somebody was going, you know, maybe I should change my major, you know, because I've been working on the emphasis of a different, um, you know, more of a uh, a different field in decision sciences, and they wanted to perhaps look at an alternative one. The one thing women in logistics has done also is um, they've had a very dynamic scholarship program where we give out thousands of dollars every year to students with the idea that those students will become fellow professionals. And so 
it's a matter of opening your eyes and looking at the opportunities that are right in front of you. Uh, we started our mentoring program. We restarted our mentoring program last year. And we have a terrific person that's running that program. And um, it's a great structure and it's free and to our members. And our membership fee is not formidable. Um, at all. I think it's $45 now. And so, and, um, it, and it's a great way to begin uh, gearing yourself up for a career in supply chain and giving yourself contacts. To have somebody establish contacts, like in any industry, your contacts mean everything. But um, don't be afraid to step out into that uncomfortable space. I, I would echo that because I, I actually had an interesting uh, situation happen. I went back for a football game at my alma mater, Florida, and I had a gentleman sitting next to me who was also an industrial engineer, and he just started talking to me and asked me if I would mind just talking to him about career paths. And it's turned into me really helping him and introducing him to a lot of my network. And he's now got an internship all because he took the time to talk to an alumni at a football game. It's interesting the opportunities you get when you are willing to be open and talk to people and take advantage of networking opportunities. And I think that that is something that everybody starting out their career or even in the midst of their career would highly benefit from is to continue to network and to continue to genuinely care when you're talking to somebody. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, networking is a is a huge opportunity and a huge benefit to, you know, helping with a, a, a clear path to success for people. And, you know, obviously organizations like Women in Logistics with their job banks, um, scholarship programs, um, really provide opportunity. So, you know, one of the things that I want to do, especially with this, this series and this podcast, is really to bring light to a lot of these organizations because they're so super important. And it's hard to, you know, it's hard in this digital world to get the name out there. And I want to make sure that, you know, our young professors, Professionals. I mean, listen. There's a there's a supply chain talent sort uh, shortage, and I and you guys kind of you know already answered that question because I was going to ask you about that and you know what's a clear path to success. But I think that there isn't really a clear path to success. I mean, even in your case, Heather, you kind of zigzagged, you know, in different places and ended up at a, at a technology company. And so there's no real clear path. But if you're willing to open up, if you're willing to network, if you're willing to work with organizations like Women in Logistics, I think there's ample opportunity out there. Um, and really staying relevant, what Stacy said, staying relevant uh, relevant, sorry, and utilizing resources um, and really becoming, you know, that person that companies can't, you know, live without um, and really, really putting everything into that role and, and showing that you're determined and, and that's what you want to be. So that sort of answered that question. Um, I'm yeah. going back to, sorry, go ahead. On that point, actually, you made, you made a statement that I really liked um, that I didn't take a very clear path to where I am now. And I actually got advice when I was 18 years old and, and in college that there is a million paths to success and a million paths to the top of the, the food chain at any company. 
and that no path will look the same, but that you have to try and capitalize on every opportunity that comes your way, especially when you're just starting your career and that diversifying your background to become the most well-rounded you can be is really the path to success and how you do that diversification and what roles you take to get there and to get that breadth of experience and knowledge is, is almost irrelevant as long as you're continuing to progress forward. And that advice kind of has shaped how I look at my own career. And I think it's important for people to realize that trying to path along the same way as somebody else has already done won't necessarily work for you. And it doesn't have to. Yeah, because I think we get kind of hung up on that on that sort of path to success, right? You know, what does that look like? What are the steps that I need to take? But um, I think just in that advice that you received alone is going to help so many listeners, um, you know, on this podcast. So definitely thank you for that. So what do you guys think the future of supply chain looks like? Um, why don't we start with you, Stacey? Um, well, I... Uh... I actually reached out to the president of Women in Logistics right now, Karen Valentini, as well as Eileen uh, Gulen, who um, are running this uh, organization. And um, Karen um, had to say this um, for the future. Um, She said that, and I agree with her, but I wanted to at least give credit where credit is due. <laughs> and she said, technology, which goes back to some of our earlier conversation, will continue to change the industry. Environmental concerns will continue to put pressure on the supply chain for cleaner ships, yards, trucks, and warehouses. And so we truly believe that environment will continue to evolve this industry in a very, very big way because um, it's everything to us and the future of our world to be conscious of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, and I and I completely I completely agree with you. I mean, at the end of the day, technology is here. It's not going anywhere. There's a lot of different ways that it can be utilized within this industry. There's a lot of different ways um, that people are going to utilize technology to move this industry forward. I think we're at a bit of an impasse because I think some of the industry is, you know, still doing things manually, um, not adopting the technology, partly. F- you know, from a few different standpoints, you know, maybe liability, maybe margin, because there's a lot of different areas that you can spend your money in these days, you know, especially in supply chain, you know, with digital marketing, you know, that was never something that anybody really talked about in supply chain logistics. Um, And um, so, yeah, it's here, it's here to stay. And it's going to be interesting what it looks like in the next two to five years. Heather, what do you think? So I would agree. I think that technology is moving the industry forward. I think that another big challenge industry faces is actually regulatory because depending on where you are doing your supply chain logistics efforts, it is still a very paper process. So having a a paperless and an efficient tech-based supply chain and having all the the fancy dashboards and the real-time metrics is extremely optimal (laughs) to use that word and is possible in countries like Japan and the United States. It's just not realistic or possible from a regulatory standpoint 
standpoint in a country like Brazil, where everything is still very paper-based, where you need things notarized in order to move things state to state. So even manufacturing requires a lot of paper in a country like Brazil. So I think if you're operating a global supply chain, taking advantage of the technology on a global scale is actually very challenging. I think that it, it will be done and we have seen huge steps from regulatory bodies and actually starting to adopt some of these technologies. But I think it'll be a slow path forward for the industry as a whole, at least when it comes to the global nature of supply chain. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that because it's not only, you know, in the industry, the companies within the industries that are, you know, struggling with technology. It's also the regulatory, it's the governments, um, and it's the different countries that we all deal with, you know, on a daily basis, depending on where our product is manufactured, uh, depending on where it's going to be delivered. Um, and there's so much more, like the world is so much more, it's so, so much smaller. So you can actually, you know, manufacture in all sorts of different places. I mean, Africa is becoming an emerging market uh, for manufacturing. And it'll be interesting to see how that infrastructure evolves around what's happening out there. So great, great point. So we're going to wind this um, episode down. I really don't want to stop talking to you guys because I think that we could talk about all of this for a very, very long time. At least a couple of hours, we can get some tea. No, I'm just kidding. Um, because I, I, I really love you both. Um, I think that you're doing incredible, incredible things in supply chain. And I can't wait for our listeners to hear this episode and get to know more about you on um, our website when we, when we post some of that information. So um, what's next for, for you guys? You know, Heather, you know, what's next for you in your career path at Uber? Or what's next for you in your career path in general? And then uh, Stacy, what's the, what's the same for you in women in logistics? What, what's, the, what's next for women in logistics? What's next for you? Um, why don't we start with you, Stacy? Okay. Um, well, in my career, I, I believe that when anybody starts in this industry, you have to decide whether or not you're going to be an individual contributor or if you're going to be a manager and move up from there. In addition, you have to make a decision as to whether or not you want, which side of the desk you want to sit on. Do you want to be a service provider or do you want to sit on the customer side of the people that own the products that are being shipped? And so in my industry or in my career path, it's always been on the service side. I love being in sales. I enjoy being in sales and I like creating solutions where nobody else has been able to do it. And so I am already in the space that I really like and enjoy. And I find that my personal happiness is the most important thing to me at this point in my career. And so if I'm happy in my position and I enjoy the people that I work with and I like the challenges and they keep me on my toes at all times, um, this is a really optimal place to be. It doesn't mean that I don't have ambition. I actually think that I could be perhaps be better served in a global capacity. I've worked in global before, and I think I could easily transition to that again in the future. And that would be if I were to transition to another role, that would be where I would like to be. 
so um, I, I've always been an individual contributor, and, and I made that decision a long time ago. And I, I have always, I've never regretted it. I've never gone back. And I think when I was in my early 20s, I was more ambitious. I wanted to be the CEO of my own steamship company. And um, now I am um, a little older than that. And I just really like where I'm at. I'm in a good space right now. I work for a company that works really hard. This super honest and um and is and i really feel that my company is going places and i'm i want to be there with them i feel well respected and um and if i'm given opportunities i'm definitely going to grab onto them so um it's a good place to be it really is and i wish that for everybody that i work with in this industry i would love to see everybody get to that space well, listen, if you had become the CEO of that steamship line, I would have worked for you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> there was one, uh, one other thing. Um, just to say um, that the, the skills that, are, that anyone needs to bring to the table are leadership, creativity, and collaboration. And um, I really believe that those three things are super important. Absolutely. I, I definitely agree with you. And I think, I think that you are such an inspiration in women in leadership. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just want to, I just want to thank you again, because I think you'd be a great mentor to anybody that sort of reaches out to you. Now, uh, what about women in logistics? I, I think you've got some pretty exciting things coming up. Um, do you want to just briefly talk about what's next for you guys over there? So are you talking about the organization Women in Logistics? Yeah, yeah. Are you What's talking next about for you women that work in Okay, as far as the Women in Logistics organization, I believe that we will continue on the path that we've um we are on right now. We're, our, uh, our scholarship program is run by Susan Cholette, who is a professor at San Francisco State University, and she's currently teaching a supply chain class at UC Berkeley, and she's invited some of us in to come and speak for her class. And so I believe that Women in Logistics will continue to branch out and continue to help educate, and we'll probably um, uh, volunteer uh, to speak at other um, educational institutions besides the local universities. And, and I think um, also we just had a meeting a few weeks ago where we had about uh, 150 people and, and it's become an annual event. It's called State of the Port and the executive director of the Port of Oakland comes in and speaks and we do this with another, we, it's a joint effort with another industry um, organization. And, and the room was full and people were excited to learn what's going on on the West Coast. You know, what's, what's happening in the agricultural business? What's happening on, uh, you know, what can we look forward to this coming year? And so I believe that Women in Logistics is going to stay on that trend where they're going to stay ahead of the game and, uh, and eagerly adopt new trends and cutting edge initiatives that are being taken and absorbed by the industry. And some of them are, uh, you know, we have to drag the industry kicking and screaming. And we have panels that address, well, why is there so much reluctance to 
solace, you know, as we had last year, which was um, uh, just a really, really an interesting initiative um, for safety of life at sea for the uh, merchant seamen. And so it was a very interesting program. And um, those are the kinds of programs that will continue to um, absorb and present to the industry. Awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to see what you guys are doing and, and keep up on, keep up to date. And uh, I'll talk about your do- your uh, website in a second. Heather, do you want to just do some final thoughts on, on where where you see your, you and your career path? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely see my career path continuing to move forward. I am extremely blessed to continue to learn every day and to continue to grow my own skill set and knowledge base and pursue it both, you know, academically on my own and then also through my current role. And I, I see that continuing to happen and my, my team continuing to grow to support the ever-changing needs at Uber. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Thank you so much. You two are amazing leaders in supply chain. Love that you made the time to join us today. Make sure to visit Women in Logistics at womeninlogistics.org. Um, and obviously where, where Heather is, uber.com. We will have all the links to social media for Women in Logistics, Stacy and Heather, so you can connect and follow them on our site. And on our site, it will be Let's Talk Supply Chain dot com forward slash season one dash episode three thank you so much ladies it's been a pleasure thank you on our next episode we get into the tech side of customs with graham from border buddy he's going to come on he's going to talk about api integrations the future of customs and what they are doing to help facilitate and kind of disrupt the industry. Anyways, you're going to want to make sure that you check out that episode. Um, this was Woman in Supply Chain Series Part 3. Make sure to go and check out Part 1 and Part 2. Both of those are under Season 1 uh, with Two Babes Talk Supply Chain. The first one is with Ellen, the founder of Women in Trucking, and she is doing some amazing things in that space for girls and women in trucking. And um, part two, we were talking about sustainability, and uh, there might be a free giveaway in that episode, so you might want to go and check that one out as well. Thank you for all your support on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spreaker. Please, if you haven't already, rate us and review us so others can find this show. We're creating a lot of value. We're giving back to the supply chain community, and we need your help to make more of that happen. Just a quick reminder to go to ships.com, that's S-H-I-P-Z dot com, and sign up to be one of the first to know about the platform we are building. You do not want to miss out on finding out what we are doing and what we are creating because there is a lot of exciting things coming up. So have an amazing day. Thanks again for tuning in. And remember, everybody, ship happens.